It is Monday, November 27th today. Welcome to the program. Let's talk about Binance and crypto today. It is not pretty out there. Should the government here in Canada mandate investment strategies for Canadian pension plan? I say no. Curious to see what you think. And the Bank of Canada says that rates may have peaked. Let's get into today's news. With the news breaking this past week that Binance founder and now former CEO, uh, Chengpeng Zhao, CZ as he's commonly known, he has pled guilty to federal charges and the company has agreed to pay a $4.3 billion fine. And I'm left wondering, what is the overall impact that this whole scenario is going to have on the crypto space in general? Uh, it is an area, I've observed, that the leaders at least to date have felt pretty free to just you know ignore the rules, break the laws, as Mark Zuckerberg is credited with saying, move fast and break things. And that's really been the way, that's the MO that this space has operated in. It is a world where leaders routinely live by the rule, better ask for forgiveness than permission. I wonder whether maybe some of that attitude is now coming back to haunt them. In the crypto space, um, uh, specifically recently, we've seen everything from just negligence to flat out fraud. The latest big news here, of course, is that the U.S. government is hitting Binance, which is the world's largest crypto exchange, with a $4.3 billion in fines and penalties, as well as laying federal charges against the founder CZ. With these most recent charges, and of course this all comes on the heels of uh, crypto poster boy Sam Bankman-Fried, he's been found guilty on seven different criminal charges. He's facing obviously significant jail time. You have to wonder if this is an indication uh, of that the entire system as some people are, are saying, are getting a cleansing, getting the bad guys out of the way, um, or is this just the way that the system is going to continue to operate? According to the charges out there today, uh, Binance willfully violated the Bank Secrecy Act and it operated its platform without even the basic anti-money laundering safeguards that are normally in place. So what happened? Well, for years, Binance failed to report suspicious transactions, as they're called. These include transactions where they are, there's suspicious activities, you might imagine. Things involving uh, ransomware, terrorist financing, um, high-risk jurisdictions is a common uh, area that's covered, um, dark net markets and scams, and child sexual abuse material. For years, Binance simply allowed its users to open accounts and trade without submitting any identifiable information beyond an email address. They could open up an account simply with an email address. And then when identification was necessary, they committed fraud uh, to help their customers. I think most shockingly to me, and I'm saying this whole thing is pretty shocking, but even the worst of this, even after the government, the US government announced a crackdown on crypto exchanges uh, last year, Binance still tried to help some clients avoid scrutiny. And in one case, this is a, the, a case I highlighted in the, in the charges, its chief compliance officer tried to help a client who had a U.S. passport by asking if someone else with a non-U.S. passport could re-register for them. Top compliance dog looking for ways to cheat the system. That just tells you pretty much um, everything you need to know about the whole fiasco here. The suit alleges that Binance hurt the financial markets by intentionally avoiding basic fundamental obligations that apply to all exchanges all the while collecting approximately $1.35 billion in trading fees from its customers. So as a result of these most recent negotiations, CZ will now step down and plead guilty to a breaking U.S. anti-money laundering laws. This is hilarious. Your company has just been fined $4.3 billion. You plead guilty to criminal charges. And yet you find a way to put out a positive spin on this. On his X account, he posted... On that note, I am proud to point out that in our resolutions with the U.S. agencies, they do not allege that Binance misappropriated any user funds 
and do not allege that Binance engaged in any market manipulation. So this is um, pretty rich. When you're going to jail, probably, he hasn't been sentenced yet, but a sentence hearing is coming up, I believe in February, quite possibly going to jail. You just paid this massive fine and you're saying, yeah, but you know what? We didn't steal anybody's money. Although there were billions of dollars apparently worth of losses that uh, customers did incur as a result uh, of everything going on. Now, this also is coming from a guy who posted in January, I guess this year as his New Year's resolution. On Twitter, he posted, we'll try to keep 2023 simple, spend more time on less things, do's and don'ts. One, education. Two, compliance. Imagine that. Three, product and service. And four, ignore fear, uncertainty, doubt, fake news, attacks, etc. So it looks like maybe some of the news out there wasn't uh, quite as fake after all. Now, there is some speculation out there that uh, the global asset manager, the giant out there, BlackRock, they may have played a role in the uh, problems that Binance finds himself in. Uh, BlackRock is uh, one of a number of managers, of course, who have applied for approval right now, vying to launch uh, spot Bitcoin ETFs. Back in June, Travis Kling posted on Twitter, there is no chance, and I mean zero, that this ETF is approved with Binance in its current position of market dominance. Interesting here, just last week, reps from BlackRock, they met with uh, investment managers from Grayscale and they went to the SEC to discuss the current pending applications. It is definitely too early to tell yet, but the timing of this is certainly all very interesting. Something that hasn't received as much coverage as I think it should have is part of the fall economic statement that was made by Finance Minister Christia Freeland last week. Um, she noted that Ottawa wants to see Canadian pension funds dedicating a larger portion of their um, investments in their accounts um, to Canada. And she promised that the government would make changes to make this option more attractive. The federal government has pledged in its economic statement to work collaboratively, as they put it, with Canadian pension funds to create an environment that encourages these funds to put more of the trillions of dollars of assets that they collectively manage to work domestically here in Canada. At this point, there aren't a ton of details out there about how Ottawa plans to do this, but it does certainly add some support. To, there's a lot of lobbyists who believe that Canada is getting shortchanged uh, by the professionals who manage these massive funds. Not everybody, as you might imagine, is on board with this. There are a number of pension fund managers out there. They're worried that if, you, if they're forced to add more Canadian exposure to their funds, this would increase uh, concentration risks, and they want to be able to continue to invest to the broader global markets. Evan Sedell, who was the chief executive officer of the Alberta Investment Management Corp, so AIMCO, um, he says that Ottawa's move is a mistake that changes the current mandate, which is focused, quite probably, possibly, uh, the best thing on the best returns. Uh, he wrote in an opinion piece uh, last week at the Globe and Mail, he said that a new mandate like this would shift the bill for Ottawa's failure to pensioners. He also said that he doesn't believe that they need to increase investments in Canada and says AIMCO must be free to seek investment opportunities by achieving the portfolio benefits of global diversification. So what do you think? Should the government be stepping in and mandating these massive funds out there, including the funds inside the Canada Pension Plan, they're managed by the CPP Investment Board, should they leave the managers alone to do their own thing or should they mandate these changes, have them invest more here in Canada? If you are one of those many people out there who lacks confidence in your investing abilities, you're trying your best to learn this whole investing thing, but you're just uh, struggling with that, you're not alone, which is really important. You wanna feel like you're surrounded by people who will help you. Uh, most people grow up without any formal training in uh, how they manage their finances. This is especially true when it comes to managing your investing. Now, at the Investing Academy, we offer online training 
Our programs are designed to take you through the whole investment process. So you could be a raw beginner. We want to take you through to being a fully confident investor. Check out the Academy website for more information. I will put a link in the description of this video. Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem, he and his crew are looking over the numbers right now as they are pondering their next interest rate decision, which is scheduled uh, for December 6th, so coming up quite soon. Uh, the governor said last week that the bank sees evidence that the, the tighter monetary conditions that they have been uh, implementing over the last year and a half, I guess now or so, um, they are working to cool the demand in the economy and he expects that uh, the activity in Canada, economic activity will remain weak for the next few quarters. That's kind of a good news, bad news thing, um, I suppose. Most importantly here in his comments was that he said that borrowing costs may be restrictive enough now uh, to get inflation under control. He didn't rule out further possible rate hikes. He said the bank still needs, of course, to stay on top of things and, and make any adjustments that might be necessary if inflation proves to be more stubborn than they're expecting. Uh, Statistics Canada reported October uh, inflation numbers last week. It saw the consumer price index growth drop to 3.1% in October. That is down from the 3.8% that we saw in September. Coming up this week, uh, Canadian bank investors are going to get earnings from all of the big banks. We have uh, fourth quarter results coming from uh, Scotia Bank starting on Tuesday. Then Royal Bank, TD Bank, and CIBC will all be reporting on Thursday. And finally on Friday, we've got BMO and National Bank out with their earnings reports. Uh, Wednesday, we see Salesforce reports. Um, also on Thursday, we see Canadian GDP uh, for September coming out. Uh, Stats Canada is predicting a, a small contraction. Um, I'm here every Monday, Wednesday. I'll be back in a couple of days. Look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for watching the video.